Well, welcome. Uh, my name is Jim Jackson. I'm one of the pastors here at Heritage Baptist Church, and I want to welcome you if you're part of the Heritage family or maybe someone invited you to uh, join in today, or maybe you were just surfing the web and you were looking maybe for some hope and help during this kind of interesting time we're in. Um, we believe it's no accident that you're with us today. We just want to welcome you. You know, it is a difficult time, and because of that, I want to share today about guarding your heart. But before we get going, for the children, if you are there sitting with your parents, I would like for you to just kind of focus in for a few minutes. This will be hopefully a short message today, and but I want you to participate with me in a few places throughout this message. So to our children, if you'll just pay attention, I think it'll be really good. You know, whether life is going along as normal or if life is disrupted, you and I must constantly be guarding our hearts with diligence and consistency. There is never a time to allow any slackness in when it comes to guarding our heart. So if you will, take your Bible or your device and turn to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to read verses 23 through 27. And while you're turning there, if you do not have a Bible, or maybe you have a device and you don't have a Bible, you could always download one. Uh, the Bible U version is free, and uh, it's very helpful. And this morning we'll be reading from the NIV version. So Proverbs chapter 4, starting verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So maybe to start off with, what is the heart? We know the heart is where we fight internal battles as we try to make sense out of life. In fact, right now, if you're kind of wondering, like, through this virus kind of season we're in, what's going on? Well, that's your heart engaging. It's the place that we make commitments and determination. It's where we feel close to others. In fact, the ache maybe you feel because of some isolation it's you're having a heart ache. Uh, just think about when you and I get to assemble again, how sweet it will be and how we'll cherish that time. It's where we experience emotions. It's where temptations and desires begin to develop. It's where we experience guilt and conviction of sin. The heart chooses values to hold and convictions to live by. And the heart is where we connect with God. Maybe to sum it up, it starts in your heart and it works its way out in your walk. So it starts in your heart and it works your, its way out in your walk. But here's the thing the Bible tells us, that the heart is very deceptive. And during uncertain, maybe mundane, isolated and really even easy-going, normal times, 
Our heart can justify and it can rationalize unguarded thoughts, unguarded actions in the name of trying to find comfort or relief. And so you and I, the Bible tells us we must constantly, above all else, we must guard our hearts. Before we go any further in this Proverbs, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter is talking to some believers of Jesus that have been suffering incredible persecution. In fact, many of them were being killed for their faith. And Peter says to them, prepare your minds for action and being sober-minded. In other words, he is saying, you must guard your heart. And so, back in Proverbs, in verse 24, listen to what it says again. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. What is going on in our hearts always comes out in our talk. And so you and I, if we want to know like what's going on in our heart, all you have to do is kind of listen to yourself or listen to someone. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so we have to guard our hearts from what we're saying. And so one of the things that you can kind of tell if your heart is unguarded is that you have to be very careful who and what you listen to. Maybe let me say that one more time. You and I must be very careful of who and what you listen to. You know the old statement, garbage in, you say it with me, garbage out. And you and I are inundated with things on the web, Facebook, television, radio, maybe other people. And the things is there are many, many things coming at us and we must guard what we allow ourselves to listen to but you and I also have to be careful what we say to others Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue you and I can say things either just give life to people encourage them comfort them or we can say words that another proverb says are like thrust of a sword you and I must be very careful what we say. Children, you know this little rhyme. If you do, I want you to say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that true? Oh, you know it's not true. In fact, words hurt even more than sticks and stones at times. And you know, I've got a lot of bruises and scars over the years from sticks and stones and accidents on the job, and they healed up. But you know, I still remember words that were spoken to me by some people that were hurtful, and I still remember them, and they hurt. We have to be watchful about that. Well, here's another thing. You and I must be careful what we say to ourselves. I... I enjoy several authors 
about three of them. I'll just give you three of their names. Uh, Paul David Tripp, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and J.I. Packer. In several of their books, I've read this statement over and over again, and it is so true. It says, nobody talks to you more than yourself. Be careful what you're saying. And you and I, in difficult times, in fact, doesn't even have to be difficult times. Be just like things are going on really good. You and I still must be careful what we are saying to ourselves. And here's just a fourth one. Be careful how you talk to God. You know, all four of these things are sowing seed. How you talk to other people, how you listen, what you listen to, uh, what you say to yourself, even what you say to God. They're planting seeds in either your life or someone else's life. And either you will reap good or you'll reap some really difficulties depending on what you sow. And so, children, would you uh, help me with a, a little tune that you probably know, but um, it goes like this. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is listening in love. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. You know, children, that's not just for you. That's for me. That's for all of us as well. If you will, I want you to keep your finger there in Proverbs, and I want you to take a hard right and go to the book of Philippians. And children, I want you to do something with me as well. I want from the book of Matthew, would you just say with me as we kind of walk from Matthew to Philippians, let's just talk, uh, walk through those names of the Bible. Ready? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. And there in Philippians chapter 4, start in verse 4 and follow along. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It's interesting about these verses that it's not necessarily a promise that God will answer your prayers according to how you want them. But it does promise something. It promises peace. Twice in just these few passages, it says that you will have the peace of God that will guard you and the peace of God will be with you. And you know what I'm talking about when I say 
You have prayed and so have I. We've prayed and asked God for particular answers. And yet, when he gave us the peace that he was in control, that was even more precious than the answer we were looking for because the peace of God was guarding our hearts. And during times like this, you and I, we need the peace of God to rule in our hearts. And I want to encourage all of us to do something with this Philippians chapter 4. I would encourage you today, here on the Lord's Day, or maybe whenever you're listening to this, I would encourage you before your head hits the pillow tonight that you would memorize these passages. Verses 4 through 9, Philippians chapter 4. I'd encourage you to do that. I think it would be a rich, rich thing for each of us to do that. Back to Proverbs. I want you, if you will, go to verse 25 because there it says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. What is going on in your heart will affect what you are, and listen to this, what you are looking to and focusing on. Say it one more time. What is going on in your and my heart will affect what you are looking to or focusing on. A heart that is unguarded tends to show itself up in wandering eyes that are careless and selfish. Just repeat that again. When we allow our hearts to be unguarded, it begins to show up with wandering eyes that are careless and selfish. But here, when it comes to guarding your heart, one of the ways to guard your heart is this way, is to have watchful eyes that are careful and are caring. One more time, when we guard our hearts, we can guard our hearts by having watchful eyes. We're being very watchful what we are looking to and focusing on. And we're doing it with being careful what we're watching. And again, I don't have to explain this much, but you and I know that there is so much out there on the web, uh, so much on Facebook, so much in other places on television now, that you and I must guard our hearts by guarding what we are watching. But then the other is to have eyes that are caring. And what I mean by that is that we're looking out for others. Listen to the statement. Most, not all, a people's gloominess and joylessness is from self-absorption and small-mindedness. The cure is to embrace a vision of life that is far greater than one's present concerns. And so it makes sense to me because I've found myself in this when all I have is tunnel vision for my own life and I have small-mindedness and I am kind of self-absorbed in all of my cares, I can't see anything else. And I find that I'm gloomy and I don't have any joy. But the cure, again, is to have a vision of life that is far greater than one's present concerns. Every morning in my prayer time, 
I always pull up in the Joshua Project app, and it shows me a, a, a people group in the world that is without Christ. And it tells me a little about them, and I pray for them. And then I always look at these statistics I wrote down. Three billion people attempt to live on one to two dollars a day. Nearly half of the world is attempting to find food, water, and shelter just to survive today. 26,000 children die every day from the lack of food and preventable diseases. And then this. Those are bad enough. But then this. Not hundreds, not even thousands or millions, but there are literally billions of people still who have never surrendered to Jesus Christ. And so, to have a watchful eye that is careful, but it is caring that we are watching for those. And you know, when I say uh, big numbers like that, I even think, what in the world can I do? Just one person. Well, here's just a few things. Because I know when you start talking about billions and thousands of children and like, what can I do? It can be daunting, but... Here's some things you and I can do. First, you can pray, and you know this, but you and I can begin to be serious about specifically praying for people groups, for missionaries, for people in our neighborhoods, for maybe um, people we visited on a mission trip before. We can continually pray for them. You and I can give our tithe and offering. And maybe you don't realize sometimes, I know a lot of people, I remember growing up in church, I never knew where all that money went. And so maybe just to give you one that I know of particularly, even though there are many more than just this one, but one of the many ministries here that when we give our tithes and offerings that Heritage then gives to other ministries is the Harvest Evangelistic Association. It's located in southern Mexico, and they then go all over the world. But then, just here's one thing that they do, one of the many things that they do that I thought you might find very, very interesting and just awesome, is that they support wives and children whose husbands and fathers have been martyred for the cause of Jesus. And so, a few years ago, Mike Oliver and I went there, and uh, we went on a backpacking trip, and we went way up into the remote mountains of southern Mexico. And this particular trip was to go visit the widows and the children of pastors that Harvest supported to pastor mission churches in the mountains. And they had been killed for the cause of Christ. And we would take and go and bring them all these different supplies, but... The thing that Greg and Michelle would do is give them their monthly support that their husband was getting to be a pastor, and now that he's gone, Harvest still supports them in many other places. Another thing you and I can do is we can come alongside missionaries and people in other countries. We can pray for them, send them cards, email them. Uh, we can go. 
In fact, the borders are closed now. But maybe you and I would determine when the borders are open that we're going to go somewhere. Maybe go support a missionary, go visit them, go see how we can come alongside them and help them. Also, maybe even right now, you and I can determine that we are going to walk across the street in our neighborhood to the new neighbor or the neighbor we've never met and begin to be a friend to them. And maybe one day God would open up opportunity to share Christ with them. How about this? How about just pick up the phone and call somebody, talk with somebody? So children, again, would you kind of sing this tune with me? We talked about our mouth, now our eyes. So, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And again, I need that truth as much as you do. Um, I know you know what I'm talking about when I say, have you ever been driving along, and as you're driving you see some like beautiful mountains or uh, maybe some cattle over in a field and you're looking over there and all of a sudden you start veering off the road that way. Man, when Sherry and I often, when we're in Colorado, I love looking at the scenery and Sherry's constantly reminding me to keep my eyes on the road because I drift off. And isn't the truth the same thing happens not only when you're driving a car a bit in your own personal life. So back there at Proverbs chapter 4 in verses 26 and 27, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. And so a heart that is unguarded, it will show up in this. What you focus on will eventually develop. What you and I, in an unguarded heart state, we continually focus on something that we shouldn't be focused on, it will eventually develop. And so how do we guard our hearts? We guard our hearts by staying in your lane. Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, and he said to Timothy, anyone who competes as an athlete or a runner does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And one of the rules is, is to stay in your lane. I used to run cross country and track in high school, and I know this very, very well. You must stay in your lane lane. And in our world, you and I, we must have boundaries. All through the Bible, the Bible's full of them for us to live a godly and a holy life. That is not a legalistic thing. That is a thing that a believer practices. And I want to encourage you, um, especially maybe if you're a preteen or a student, I want to encourage you, and really all of us ought to do this, is just take some time and write down what are your boundaries in your life. 
And then maybe with a friend or a family member that you take and you see how those match up to Scripture. And maybe have a friend that is uh, like, hey, is that boundary enough? Um, Is that boundary keeping you safe? Is it keeping you pure? Is it helping your mind to stay pure? Is it helping you to focus on the right things? To have have a friend to bounce those things off with. Because the truth is, boundaries are not limiting to a believer. Boundaries are liberating to you and I as a believer. You and I have been given boundaries in the Scripture to live a holy and a pure life. In fact, children, once again, with this little tune, you probably know this part, talks about watching where our feet go. And so let's sing that together, would you? Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. You know, personally, in my life, some of the things that helps me keep my boundaries straight is my personal, every morning, time with God. That's where I read His Word and I write things down and I remind myself of truths and I make sure that I'm staying within those boundaries. But honestly, God has not just given us His Word and His Spirit, but He's given us other people. And so my relationship with my wife Sherry and some other relationships with some people that um, are close in my life, and let me qualify these, and you need these people in your life as well. They need to be people that Proverbs 27 talks about. Verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, Sherry and a few of these people, they can come along in my life, and they can say things like, hey, have you been cutting the corners? Or have you been tiptoeing outside of the boundaries Because the truth is, without timely, honest feedback from someone who loves you enough to confront you, you can get very um, unaccountable real fast, and your heart can be unguarded. And so not only my walk with God through my quiet time and relationships, but my commitment to being on mission with Jesus keeps me focused forward. And it helps me to guard my heart. In uncertain times, you and I need to hang on to unshakable truths. Jesus is the living Son of God. Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life we could not live. He died a sinless, sacrificial death that absorbed God's wrath that was against you and me. He was buried and he rose again, proving his sacrifice pleased God, and he offers forgiveness and adoption into his family to those who by faith will call on him. He is forever with us, promising never to leave or forsake us. He calls us to be on mission with Him. And He is coming again 
to take us to live with him forever. And I encourage you, whether you're listening at home or maybe you're listening to this um, later on uh, somewhere at your work or who knows wherever, and you realize you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you could do that right now. Because he promised, just like one of these truths I said, he will forgive and adopt you into his family if you will call out to him. And the truth is you don't have to be in a church building because you're not. Um, my grandfather, he had heard the gospel. My grandmother had told him about Jesus over and over and over again. And one day he was driving and he came under such conviction while he was driving he had to pull on the side of the road and he trusted Jesus as a Savior on the side of the road in his car. And you could do that wherever you are as well. And if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to remind you one last time. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. God bless you.